You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Apologies to any Japanese listeners. That is, of course, Dan Killick trying his very, very best to impersonate the Japanese national anthem, just to break a bit of the tension, really, because it's, it is really hard to know where to begin after another incredibly dramatic, draining Wales game where we've not played very well and have come out on the winning side again. We're just, we're just not used to this, but. Nonetheless, we're going to be getting to grips with it over the next hour or so. So I'll stick work. with us. Well, <laughs> short one, this one, isn't it? <laughs> Do you think? Well, just another rendition of the Japanese anthem, and that's it. Well, that's if anyone's still listening. I'm sure Japanese listeners are turning off in their droves after that horrendous start. Yeah. I do like the anthem, actually. It's a real. You're saying it's growing, on, isn't it? It is a grower. Yeah. There's no. It doesn't really get going at any point, but it. It sort of just grips you, doesn't it? Yeah, I quite like it. It's something dramatic about it. Yeah, it's powerful, isn't it? It feels, yeah, it feels like it should be playing over the introduction to a Netflix epic. We need, we need a few people to sort of give us their rendition of it. Fine, yeah, yeah. Feel free to send those in. A few voice notes. Yeah. Well, how are you going to say? Do you want to give everyone your mobile number, Dan, or your your office number? Always tired of the business. <laughs> yeah. Always tired of the business. In case you haven't guessed, this is the Attacking Scrum Rugby World Cup special where Welsh rugby and national anthems matter. Yeah, I, I don't know where to begin, Dan. That was such draining, is the word that I would say, because I didn't really enjoy. You couldn't enjoy it. Any of it. You? Even when the try, the decisive try from Moriarty happened. I, I knew that they would go back and check it, so I didn't get that that moment of ecstasy that you normally get. How about you? How did you enjoy the game? Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. It was a tough watch, wasn't it? I I usually think with Wales at the moment that we'll we'll pull through, and I I didn't I think that today. No, I yeah. didn't. I didn't think that when the when the TV moved over to Gatland, you could see that he was, I think, thinking the same as well. Mm. That we are in. We're in trouble. We're really in the soup, and we somehow managed to to dig our way out. But that was a tough watch, wasn't it? It was a tough watch, and the it was we were just under the cosh so much. We didn't have much field possession. We didn't look like creating a great deal, and we missed a lot of tackles in that first half. I know those tackle the missed tackle stats can be very misleading, but. They found it too easy to cut through us. Vakatawa looked absolutely immense today. Looked so good in the centre, wreaking havoc. We couldn't stop him, could we? No. I mean, the, the missed tackles is becoming a bit of a theme, isn't it? Certainly of this world. I think generally. so. Yeah. Twenty was it? Twenty sixth and thirty plus, thirty plus. Yeah. It's, well, it's not what we're used to seeing. High numbers. Yeah. It's not what we're used to seeing. But despite all of that, 
we are getting results. We are winning. Yeah. We, we still have not strung together 80 minutes. And today, there was barely, realistically, yeah, there was a lot of digging deep, but you couldn't say Wales were on top in, in that game for any extended period of time. And that is what people say, that it makes it a you know, sign of a good side. <laughs> but it doesn't have... It doesn't half worry you. you I, I, what I take from that is that we can't possibly play as badly as that again. Yeah, France did play well. They were very good. They were very we, good. We said they had a performance in them, and I, I don't I know. Think it, I didn't think it was going to come in that in in that game. I I thought we'd, I thought we'd be. I I was nervous that no one was nervous, and when we had those questions in last week, I can't remember who sent them saying who would we rather play in the semi final. That really, that really got to me because anything can happen in knockout rugby. One mistake, or to be, to be perfectly honest, if France hadn't have, and particularly Vahamahina, um, if he hadn't have elbowed Wayne right in the head, we don't win that game. If you ask me, I think fifteen on fifteen, they they closed that out. We were very very fortunate, and Tamak missed some easy kicks. If he scores those, I think they're out of sight. So. He did miss kicks, yeah. It'd be interesting to see where Wainwright's hands were when. Uh... Yeah, this is you were saying this off air. You think he was, he was uh, potentially pinching him or grabbing his wang or what? <laughs> you just never know, do you? You know, you just never know what's what what's going on. Uh, it was clever play, whatever whatever it was, or absolute absolute dull play from the French, wasn't it? There's no doubt about that. But there's a lot that goes on and, mm. and niggles and wind ups. I don't think. You know, Wainwright was probably doing anything, but you never know. And if he did, it was it was it was brilliant. But that guy's loose, isn't he? He always does something ridiculous. Well, I put a tweet out earlier and today he, saying 2019 in Welsh rugby would be very very different if it wasn't for two brainless incidents from Sebastian Vahamahina. Oh, I can't keep getting his name on it. Vahamahina. There we go. Do you want some help? Go on, Dan. Yeah. Sebastian Vahamahina. All right. There we go. I think I think that's about right. So I was watching. Maggie Alfonsi this morning who called him Vahima and then followed up by calling the referee Popeye which de- it, it definitely sounded like Popeye it was worse than you however we're going to get into all of this in just a moment and we've tinkered with the structure of the show this week so we're not doing the, the front five headlines feature we're just going to take all listeners questions because we've had loads of them in today so we get stuck into that right now but first of course a quick word for our sponsors at so coffee trades was texting scott this morning as all of this was going on and uh do you know funny enough he replied and said uh, he said to me he said oh like how's how's the wife doing my wife's pregnant and to be honest dan my wife is pregnant we're moving house hopefully on friday of next week still haven't exchanged contracts on it half of the stuff we own in the house is in boxes the other half isn't but without a doubt, the Welsh national side is causing me more heartache and headaches than any of these nerve-wracking things. But if you want to forget about any nerves that you might have ahead of next weekend's semi-final, make sure you get your hands on some top-quality coffee at So Coffee Trades, and you can do that. It's socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, let's start with this one, Dan. This is a message from Ben House, who contacted us on Twitter. And it says, can we put the poor start today and against Fiji down to being overwhelming favourites? Should it be South Africa next Sunday with the role of, uh, of optimistic underdogs? Should it see us produce a more complete performance? <laughs> how, much, how much would you read into that? Yeah, I don't think... I don't think that's the case, really. I just... We were... We didn't come out of the blocks, did we at all? No, we didn't. We, no. The same thing. The same thing happened in the friendlies. I know you don't like talking about the friendlies, but in that first game against England, mm-hmm. we were incredible. which again we were favourites for because they made yeah. wholesale changes. Yeah, good point. Yeah, we were. We were slow, but when it on in the game that then mattered to to Gatland, we brought the physicality. We were, you know, there were dominant tackles. We started winning on the gain line and. Our performance changed, and today we were, you know, they, we we couldn't we couldn't stop them because we missed lots of tackles. They carried so well; every single one of them, backs or forwards, seemed to make a load of yardage. Oh yeah, and we were we were just literally hanging on in there, weren't we? We were we were hanging on in there for for for, for the whole game. But it oh was, yeah, there's there were moments in that game only where France could have lost that. Was, I agree, absolutely agree with that. Against any other side, we'd including Fiji. I think we yeah, would have we would have lost that game. We we played so we played so poorly in big chunks of the game, 
And we're absolutely reliant on last minute, last gasp tackles and turnovers. I know we, they said there was a try after it, but you text me as Tipperick turned that ball over really, really early on. And it was it was lots of things like that. That was brilliant. As brilliant as Wayne brilliant Mike was today. And I know we're going to get into this. And of course, the try will... That, that got us back in the game completely against the run of play. But he did so much donkey work today. And a lot of it defending at malls. And I think Ben Kay pointed out on the... The commentary, he said, that was brilliant from Wayne Wright. Again, there was their driving mall. They had five metres from our own line, just managed to bring that to a halt. So there was lots and lots of that. But to go back to this question... So you think there's something in that, do you? I think there's got to be. I Honestly, there's just so many times when, when Wales get written off, they play so much better. And when we're favourites, we tend not to... We tend, tend not to, to perform, yeah. So... Look, we're not going to go into this game against South Africa favourites. Definitely not. So we won't have that as an excuse one way or the other. So I don't know. It is a bit of a mentality thing, I would say. For me, I think there's a little bit in it. You doesn't sound like you think there is too much in it. No, I don't think. I mean, we've won, you know, taking out the front, we've won a lot of, we've won a lot of games now, haven't we? In the games, in the games that matter. Mm. I don't know what it is. We just... It's that slow start, isn't it? We, we... But could that be that there is almost an air of we know how we're going to play, potentially an air of complacency? I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but just a thought of against a side like Australia where we went, we went into the Australia game as, as underdogs and came out of the traps very, very hard. Yeah, I think, I think partly the, the, the ref, we tend to struggle when... When the referee indecisions go, you know, go against us, so we know the offside. They seem to be offside a lot. I thought. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you've mentioned this because this leads us on to the yeah. next question, which is from John Phillips. Should Yako Piper or Popeye, as he's now known, ever referee a game again? I've got to say, he had a stinker. If you ask me, I thought he was poor. He he didn't ref the breakdown. No, he just, didn't. Just it was carnage him. in it there. Was, it was it was messy. There were hands in there all the time. It was probably still quite an entertaining game for the neutral. I think but it would have been. Yeah. It could have been so much better because the the ball could have been a lot quicker. I, it, it, it's, I thought it particularly went against us then. Because, I did be, because they were they were they were the dominant side going forward. We we needed quick ball, mm. and every single time there was a hand in there, a body in there, a foot, an ankle, a head. It was just anything that they could get in the way. And it's quite shrewd from them because they know they're going to get away with it. I thought Camille Shat came off the bench and... Is, is it Shat? Chat? I don't know. I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. Oh, yeah, I know. I don't know why I'm asking you with all this. I've gone to pot of my pronunciations, Dan. However, spending too much time with me. I must be spending too much time with you. I'm definitely spending too you much get time Murph with you. Let's get Murph back on. Yeah, let's get Murph back on. And yeah, he came off the bench and was an absolute nuisance, was off his feet the whole time, vaguely looked like he was competing for it, flopped all over the ball. But you've got to say, well, actually, if we were in that same scenario, you'd like to think we were doing it if we weren't going to get penalised for it. And as for that one where he put his arm up to give a penalty and then went, yeah. oh, play on, that, that, that is my biggest bugbear with rugby, is how someone can say, hands away now, blue, hands away, good, he's on his feet. It's madness. It drives me mad, that inconsistency. He had his hand in the air. There's a gif of it doing the rounds, and he he had his hand in the air. And you can, no wonder players, the players stopped, because... They had stopped, didn't they? They had stopped, absolutely. The ball went out to the right, and players were thinking, so the the whistle had gone. The other other thing I thought was the, I couldn't see any clear sign that Liam Williams touched that ball when there was a big high up and under. If it did, it was the faintest. I mean, how you would have known... And, and you that's think, a, and and you think we're away there. You think we're big away. Yeah. So that was another frustration. I thought all the 50-50 calls we did not get up until the one that really mattered when Moriarty went over for the try. Agreed. And we st- and, but we managed to win. Yeah. Will the 50-50, the 50-50 calls can't go against us like they did there, you'd think, moving forward. Although, to be fair, South Africa, can't play. South Africa didn't get much joy out of Wayne Barnes. He seemed to be doing his best to keep they did, Japan in the game. Their errors, I mean, their handling... They're handling it. They were poor, weren't they? But then again, if they, they're probably not going to drop as many balls as they did because they they probably squandered about five 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 opportunities there to score. Well, that leads me seamlessly on Dan to the next question, which is from Guy Poulter. How do we deal with the South African blitz defence? You're a man who's used so, to running the game from ten. 
you must have faced a few blitz defence in your time. How are you how are you un, how are you unlocking that? I thought I thought today we caught we caused them a few issues when mm. we kept it narrow. Okay. So we you know playing off. I think we did one or two inside balls. That was it. We needed we needed to do a lot more. The pick and goes which we hardly use yeah. seemed, seemed to work, and I couldn't understand why we didn't why we didn't adopt you know keep doing that. And bringing in North and Adams in, I think North North um, picked up the ball late on in the game, wasn't it? With about maybe in the last yeah. last five minutes, and, and just tr- tried to drive through. Just, yeah. he, he was just a bit of a nuisance. He mm. sucked in a few players, even if he even if they. I still think he, he should carry it with a. He, he needs to go in with a lot more power and oomph. But people are a little bit scared, so he does suck in defenders and. Against South Africa, I think we need to not panic and spread the ball out. Because for me, against against uh, France today, we looked we looked poor when the ball was going wide, which which was a, which was quite a concern actually. Yeah, I wasn't confident with the ball going out wide at all. It's such a miss having John Davis in the centre. I thought Watkins stepped in and did very well actually. Hadley Parks didn't have his finest game. I think he's really feeling that injury, if I'm honest. It's, it's impossible to know that. You just feel that a player who's normally as reliable and dependable as him doesn't look comfortable. His passing game doesn't look right. He looked as if he was... He looks as if he's carrying... Well, he carrying, is, isn't he? He's carrying a shoulder and the, yeah, and the hand. He looks as if he's carrying injury that he possibly shouldn't be, shouldn't be playing yeah. with. Well, that's right. I, what can I thought did well... Defensively, and yeah, that that one-handed flick pass in the first half was—I don't know how much luck than judgment, but it looked outrageously spectacular. And I, I thought he acquitted himself very well. But you miss John Davis's defensive organisation at thirteen, and it, as we said, it hasn't been to the standard that you perhaps would expect from a Sean Edwards defence so far, and him as the kind of defence lead, perhaps. Yeah, we particularly... You could point a little finger finger at, but in attack, we know what he's capable of because where he's been distributing it, and like we said on last week's podcast, that massive fend he's got and his finishing ability. Yeah. So... It's part his passing as well, isn't it? Just He makes it look simple, but he mm. does... He runs a very straight line mm. on the inside shoulders. But you always, you're always thinking, if you're a defending centre or you're defending back row up against him... Right, looks as though he's going to go, but you're always kind of checking your run in case he comes flying back at your inside shoulder and busts straight through. So we definitely missed him, and I think that would have had an an effect on it. We knew we were going to, Mm. but we missed him more than I thought we were going to, which is a strange thing to say because we know he's our world-class back, isn't he, that walks into any side. But, yeah, we really did miss him. I wonder whether the... It seemed as if they were offside a lot. Whether that did, yeah. that couldn't have helped. But I think I think defenses have been offside the entire duration of this tournament. The World Cup, it's yeah. been one of these things Some that hasn't been refereed released, properly. It? It's almost as if they've had a they've had a chat at the refs and said we're going to leave this go. Which is... I th- I think the only thing you can do to counteract a blitz that's as effective as South Africa's is and where you, where you you're kind of being allowed to be offside all the time and it's those little those the little dinks over it. the top. Those dinks over the top, you, you again have to you have to get them right. I think it is a strength in Bigger's game. Is I thought we didn't we didn't utilize that at all today. Did we? Our kick our kicking game was poor. Do you think yeah, it's obviously a game plan to keep the ball on the field, as we know? But I think we could have mixed that up a bit by the time. I just by the time I, we got late into the into the game. Yeah, I mean, particularly in the I thought in the first half as well, we we didn't we couldn't build any phases, yeah. and the couple of times that we did actually have the ball. We ended up we ended up kicking kicking it away, and I thought that was when we just needed a slow because they went off at a hell of a pace, and you know that if they if they get their tails up, they're a difficult side to stop. And I just thought we if we if we could slow the game down and strangle them a bit, they tend to get frustrated, they do silly things, lose their head, give away pens. But we kind of played into their hands by kicking the ball back to them and allowing them off you go, mm. boys. And they were they were causing damage. Mm. So I just thought keep hold of the ball, let's go through some phases. Use Jake Ball. I thought had a good, had a very good, good game. He was superbly direct, which is exactly what we needed. Um, and that and yeah, it was it was a. I thought we played into their hands perfectly. Let's come back to the question: How do you counteract that defence? 
keep it keep keep it tight, keep okay. the inside channels, and then a, a cute kicking game. Fair enough. Lighten the mood slightly here. This one's from Nathan. Why is no one mentioning how glorious Dylan Lewis's moustache is? It is a great moustache, and so is so is uh, Aaron Wainwright. Yeah, he's he's rocking a really strong '80s look at the moment. There's a real '80s resurgence in international rugby at the moment. You look at New Zealand. There's a lot. New Zealand are rocking a lot of mullets and moustaches in there. Just a single tash. Yeah, looks all right. What are you thinking about it? It would look awful with me. Freddie Mercury, although the Freddie Mercury. Well, that's it. Yeah, this this could be a new line of business for you. Yeah. Right, this one's for me and Alexander. What or how do Wales finally put together a performance which will actually win a game convincingly? I counter this by saying if we win unconvincingly next week and reach a World Cup quarterfinal without play, uh, sorry a World Cup final without playing well, I don't care. I will take three 0 right now. However, I don't think you're going to get past South Africa without a convincing performance. What do they have to do? Do you think a part of it is just tuning, really tuning in, getting you know absolutely focused on the one game? It is. This is now. I think that we, and we'll never know, had potentially looked beyond the French. The French. Interesting. Game. Interesting. I, I think they're human. Mm-hmm. We know that the French side have been poor. Beaten yes. them so often in yeah. recent history. Beaten them many, 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 many times. There's disarray in the setup. Coaches said as there always tends to be. Revolution is in the air. Yeah, it is. And that whole thing of, it, of the French side going to turn up, a lot of people started saying, look, we need to get rid of that because more often than not, they're not mm-hmm. bringing the side that we've seen you know, 10 plus years ago. So I do think it probably got into the psyche. This next game, there's no chance of that. Mm. They're only looking at that one game. No one's talking of the final. There's no, no, there's no, no, you'd be mad to. There's, but there's not. There's only any chat of the final. The fans, anything, yeah. and and these things do influence, don't they? They're on social media. They're, even if sub, you know subliminally, you think you're going to stay away from those thoughts. I do think they they there's, they've got an edge of creeping in, particularly against a, a, a side like France. I think that's a good explanation for today's performance. Uruguay, I think you can ignore because it was a it was a scratch team that happens. Fiji, not entirely convincing. Australia could have lost that game easily. But Georgia we, was at the foot of the off, pedal. It's a yeah. first half. But this, but this is it. What is what is off. what is causing these these switch offs in concentration? Because it's unlike what when Wales are playing well. Normally they play well for the full eighty. When we've, when we won Grand Slams in the past, appreciate the France game in the Six Nations was a bit of a freak. But when we played well during that tournament in the two biggest games, Ireland and England, we were good for the... I know we were trailing to England at half-time, but we were competitive, came out amazing second half. Ireland, we bossed them from start to finish. We've seen that happen many, many times. I can't quite put my finger on why these... Because the lapses aren't just the odd defensive lap. It feels like we kind of shut down for 10 minutes or so. And that can really, really cost you. Amazingly, it hasn't, which is testament not only to the to the last ditch defense, but to the character of the players. They don't seem phased by being behind at any point, which is a massive positive and should put us in good stead. But I don't think we will get away with, with having a 10-minute switch off against South Africa. I think they would put us to bed. It's going to be such a physical game, isn't it? Worried about, worried about the bodies. Mm. It's going to be brutally physical, isn't it? Do you know what I can see happening? I was thinking about this. I was driving over. I can see us putting together our most convincing performance of the entire tournament. It's brilliant, heroic. Every player from one to twenty-three puts in an awesome shift. There's some incredible highs, some incredible lows, and ultimately it comes up just short. I could see that being our best performance of the entire tournament, and it being our one defeat and it costing us. Could well, could well be. I mean, all 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 we know is that Gatland, Gatland was very close today, wasn't he? To to that being the end. We the got end out, of, we got out of jail today. The end of his no time, doubt. and he'll be he'll be reminding the guys of that. There's quite a few of the senior players won't see another World Cup mm. if they if they if they if they're fit. I thought Alan, I I, I was wondering whether Alan Wynne Jones had picked up picked up a knock in that game. You didn't see as much of him today, did you? And I never have that feeling, ever. Just wondering whether you whether you picked up something 
during that game and, and had to had to carry on. But we won. Well, we, we, keep off, we keep on having to come back to that. Yeah, we do. And I think that is that is really, really important that I know that there's a lot of carping and moaning on social media at the moment, uh, particularly in that Facebook group that we run. And I can understand frustrations to a certain point, but this isn't a this isn't like watching Premier League football where we're six games into a 38-game season. This is knockout rugby. This is winner takes it all that matters at this stage is winning and Absolutely. getting and getting really, to the next round it really doesn't matter yeah it, it, and there will be things one, that they can point, work 40 on points, does it? it does it really does not matter a job no it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any difference to the outcome at all all right let's just feel one more before we take a quick break and you were mentioning george north a little bit earlier on this one's from liam thomas obviously a good friend of the show should north be dropped It's a good question. I thought that he was moving very gingerly today. Did you? Yeah. God, you're a bloody doctor these days, aren't you? Yeah, Hadley, you've diagnosed Hadley Parks, Alan Wynne Jones, George North. I studied triple science, didn't I, back in school? So there's a bit to this. Particularly for their particularly for one of their tries when they burst through mm. it. It wasn't anything to do with North. It wasn't North's fault, but he was tracking back. It mm. just looked as if he was ambling back. You think if it was possibly Josh Adams, he would have come across and cut off that angle. It just seemed as if he wasn't moving particularly well. It won't happen. Gatland. No, I don't. Gatland, well. won't, Gatland won't drop him. Doesn't seem to. But I do think there's a there is a shout. Yeah, for half pennies inclusion. In what do you do with the back three though? Liam to the wing or. Half penny on the wing. I haven't seen half penny on the wing for a long time. I can't remember the last time I saw him over there. Maybe the odd game for Scarlets, maybe, but half penny to fullback. Right. Liam Liam to wing. And I don't think I'm not messing with that. I know Liam, I think, as much as he play he, you know, he plays on the wing regularly for Saracens, does a great job there. I just think that there is the chance that with the odd loose kick from South Africa, which can happen. They got amazing halfbacks, but the odd loose kick, and all it takes is one of those moments of magic from fullback, and, and that, is, that could win you a semi final. And he is the, he's our back, isn't he? Yeah. Go, if it's going to come from somewhere, Halfpenny's not, half not likely to to make that break these days. I don't think. Still a really fine, dependable player. Fantastic defensive positionally great under the high ball and a fantastic kicking game but I think he's more you know he is the defensive choice at, at full back and if you're taking Liam out of that key pivotal position I just think it leaves a back line that perhaps isn't isn't the most creative in the world anyway it takes away one of those one of those options for you yeah I think it's I think the reason why that question comes about and it tends to pop up from time to time and it does with us as well doesn't it we, we have chats about this off air is that there's a slight air of frustration with North because we know how good he can be. That it, mm. you know, he didn't do anything disastrous today, but you just want, you know, he can bring more. So you think, why isn't he? I'm going to, see, I'm going to stick up for him a little bit here. Now, there was good and bad from North today. I thought the bad was obviously that the pass which Uje picked off very, very easily. You've just got to stay calm there where you've got that where you've got that overlap outside, even if he'd have taken Uje on and we'd have recycled and got quick ball, he didn't try need time. to throw that miracle pass there. It would have been try time. However, what he did a lot of in the first half, and I haven't watched the game back, but memory serves me correctly, both him and Adams put in a lot of defensive reads and scrambling back and defending on the own line and just getting a few buying the odd second or two to try and get the defence to regroup. And we were massively under, we were the, massively under the pump. He did. He, he read those those one-on-one tackles very well, didn't he, when he jarred in. Mm. If you get them wrong, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. game over. So he did do that very well. Adams, you're right, did, did the same thing. I He'll start, and I think he deserves to start in the game. I just really want to see us bring him in more, particularly against South Africa, because we're going to need him to help out our forwards. So he's going to have to suck in, you know, almost sort of tire out their side. And he can do that. Same with Adams as well. 
Adams runs very hard and he's physical. Yeah. Just think we can we need to we need to use them and if it, it, it really direct really important but use those mm. use those two use those two effectively. I could see that today. I think there is a danger if you try and out muscle South Africa. They've got so much power themselves. They I have. think we have to be a little bit cuter. They have, but when we have gone toe to toe with them physically, mm. we've done what we've come out. We've come out. Well, we've often come out on top. I think these are. I think this is a different South Africa side. Maybe I'm in danger of yeah. treating them with too much respect here, but I think this is a different South Africa side than we've seen in the past. The few the few years gone by. I know we beat them in the autumn, but I do think this is this is different, and they're playing rugby at a at a higher level. But they tend to bring that physical that physicality every game, don't they? Yeah. They have to. We we sort of drop off for games, and we look as if we're really quite passive and we're not dominant in any of the yeah. tackles, and we drop. But then suddenly we literally take no, it right, right down, yeah. and we're smashing and we're smashing players, and so we can do it. It just it, they, Wales kind of lulls us into this. Oh God, can, you know, can we match them physically? I think we can. Yeah. I think front row we can. I think second row with Jake Ball and Alan Wynn we can. And the back row with Navidi, that is a blow. Yeah, I haven't heard any further update on this. I presume it's scanned tomorrow it's quiet, type stuff. It? Looked like a hammy to me. Did. Didn't I know he he played on a couple of phases, so it didn't look like it was a hamstring ping, but you can see by the way he walked up. The chances and it was iced up straight away. The chances of that healing in a week, you'd say, what would you say, Doctor Killick? Is that happening? <laughs> For my triple size days, I think he's out, Jeff. Yeah, that that is a bit of a concern. There's no laughing. It shouldn't be laughing. It's no, it's gallows humour, mate. Yeah. But let's let's have a further look at selection in the second half of the show. All of that will be coming up after this very short break. This is Adam Beard, and you're listening to Attack and Scrum, sponsored by So Coffee Trades. Welcome back to the Attack and Scrum podcast. You like that, Dan? A little bit of sponsorship credits there, brought to you by So very, Coffee very Trades. Good. Scott sorted us out with those. Direct, direct from Japan. That was Adam Beard recording that for us, direct from inside the World Cup camp. We're getting, cl- we're getting closer to being part of it. It would have been great to be out there, but nonetheless, that's the closest we're going to get for now. If we if we get to the final, you go. <laughs> sure. All right. Why not? Why not? Eh? Let's carry on with the listeners' questions before that. And we've had uh, we've had this one in from our good friend Dav. Uh, that was the that was your excuse for not being in last week, wasn't it? Were you too hungover to come on the podcast, or were you just driving back too late from? No, not hungover. Just driving back. I was fresh as a daisy. But it was, da- it was Dav's wedding, was it? It was Dav's yeah. wedding. Yeah, great day. Really good, really good wedding down in Margam. Top, top time. But um, no, I was coming back a bit late, wasn't I? So, Justin stepped in. Yes, this enjoyed that in. one. Did you? Good, good. Well, this has come from Dav. Would Dan Killick trade his rally for Toby or Ellis to be fit? Should Navidi be injured? Now, again, for those not in the know, people who don't follow Dan Killick on Instagram, and why would you? or Twitter or whatever, he's suddenly become very infused with cycling, haven't you? And you've been cycling to work every day. Well, I can't get off the bike at the moment. Yeah, well, it's good, man. It's good. I wore my helmet at Dav's wedding. You had to wrestle it off my right. You, you were the helmet at Dav's wedding. Oh. Uh, <laughs> let's treat this as a serious point, though. Imagine if Toby or Ellis Jenkins was fit and able to step in. As brilliant as the back row has been, and Navidi's probably been the most consistent player for the last 12 months. But to have... To have someone like Toby or Ellis in the squad would be would be absolutely massive, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. I mean, but, you know, Ellis, Ellis particularly now, wouldn't it? And Toby, you just think you almost kind of forget, don't you? That he's, he's he hasn't played for us for so long consistently. Eight. He's been out so long that yeah, that would just add a different dimension. You think a game like today, where we're finding it really difficult, those hard yards he makes for you would just be. You feel so much more confident if yeah. Toby Toby was there. Well, he's just, he's just that good, and I think Ellis Jenkins is Ellis Jenkins is so good over the ball that it helps. You know, it, as we were saying, when when the breakdown becomes an absolute mess like that, having someone like that, a real scavenger in the mix, would would have made a big difference, I think. But I don't think that's the that's not necessarily the the big point here. It does leave us with a dilemma: if Navidi is going to be out, what would you be doing? given that we don't have a Toby Falatau or an Ellis Jenkins to come in? 
we are a different side now without Navidi. When you watch the games with him involved and then you watch the games without, we don't play the same. Because mm. he, he, he's just that important to us. Moriarty, Moriarty's going to come in at come in eight, isn't he? It's straightforward to me, I think. I would, I'd bring Moriarty straight in, put Shingler on the bench. The other interesting thing is perhaps if it is the end of Josh Navidi, you can call up a replacement to replace him in the squad. Now, is there any point in doing that for a back row forward, considering we're at this late stage in the tournament and any other back row won't? There's only a couple of back rowers who went through the the training camps, which I think is Thomas Young, uh, Lydia possibly. I think Lydia went through them too. Yeah, I think he did. So you're either bringing up one of those as a replacement in the squad or alternatively you could look at bringing in a replacement in the centre, someone like Scott Williams, given that Hadley Parks is probably struggling with a knock, Foxy's going to be touch and go. What would you be thinking if you were Gatland? I'd love to see Scott Williams out there. That would put a smile on my face. So I would, I'd go with the centre option. Yeah. We, we just seem. Can you imagine if 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 Scott Williams was was there, with what he can do? He's a big game player. I think he'd add a lot to the actual squad as well. Mm. Within the short yeah, period, leader. within the short period of time, because he is a leader, and you need as many leaders as possible. So I would I'd be tempted to go for that, over bringing in a. Bringing in Young, yeah, I don't because like I don't think I don't think Young or Lydia would get close to the side, would they? Really, because you'd have that, like you say, you'd bring Moriarty straight into the starting lineup, you'd bring Shingler onto the bench, yeah. and then you've still got Cubby in the squad exactly. to do a job. So we've got yeah. If you do have another, if you get to the final and you have an injury, whereas centre, centre we've got three centres in the squad, and we've got two th- of them are injured. <laughs> yeah, two, two are in, yeah, two are injured, and. Yeah, Hadley's, Hadley's taped, he's, he's taped up to burglary, isn't he? Yeah, he's he literally hanging on in there. That's so, I'd love to see Scott out there. Okay, interesting. Well, let's stick with the centres. This has come from uh, the Welsh Dragon. If Fox is fit, does Parks drop out? And also, another part to that question, Patchell only being used when Bigger gets an injury, does Gatlin not trust him? Let's deal with the first bit first. If John Davis is fit, would Parks miss out? What's your take on on this? I firstly, I really hope he is fit. I really hope he's fit because I do think that that makes a massive difference. I think, like we saw today, if he's not fit enough to go to take the field, he won't. I believe it was his call that he he said he wasn't going to be he wasn't going to be up to match fitness. So so Watkin came in. I don't think. I don't think you do make that change. Presuming that they're both fit, I would stick with Parks with Watkin on the bench. That if that was the semi-final, mm. Jonathan would, would have started that game. No, I think he knows. I think he knows. He if it's the semi, yeah. I know what you're saying, but he is a he is a team player and he's not going to want to go out and do a load of damage to his knee if, if he's not right and not fit enough to play I don't think he I don't just, think he would it's interesting isn't it because it just brings you back slightly to that previous uh, question and answer that we talked about a couple back which is if if he's obviously injured he's got niggles would he have played if if it was the semi or the mm. final did we think that Watkin could do a job in this game? Quite, quite probably. Yeah, possibly. Then that can kind of get into the psyche as well, and may may explain a little bit how just something a little in like that can infiltrate into the squad and get across and say what it shouldn't. But they're they're human, aren't they? But so you think you think it's what we were talking about earlier that he thought, okay, I'm not a hundred percent for this one, but it's France and we should win. I mean, they they wouldn't say. It's difficult, isn't it? I don't think they say that we should. Well, we don't know, and they would never say. So we're, you were we're speculating. Never, we are spe- yeah, massively speculating, but it's just it's just interesting to talk about, isn't it? That yeah. well, I think it is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing the real speculation game today. According to you, John, John the Davis thought we were through, and 
Aaron Wainwright's pulling people's pants down in the uh, in the defending the of the, <laughs> the driving walls. Spinning it here, aren't I? No, I I'm, thought I'm, I'm, I'm thought the walking, I didn't think they would have caused us as many issues in the background as they did. I I knew we'd miss him, but not as much as not as not as much as that. Mm. So yeah, let's just hope that he is. So what are you saying? If every go. if everyone is fit. If everyone's fit, you stick with the same. Uh, sorry, yeah. Parks and Parks Park, and Fox. Parks and Fox. Fine. It's our best combination. It's our best combination, isn't it? Yeah. I, well, I, yeah. I think. I think at this stage, it would be. It would be a massively ballsy call to put Watkin in at twelve. But I don't know. But I do think if he's if Parks isn't fit, mm. then play the player who's fit. Exactly. Yeah. Play the player who's fit. He is Watkin is playing well, mm. and yeah, we've got to we've got to play if. Yeah, if he's if there's any if the if the niggle is too much, I think he'll have to he'll have to step down. And the the question there is that would he would he be on the bench? Because if we get an injury within the first five or ten minutes, there's no point having him on the bench, is there? So then what happens? What do you mean? So with Hadley Parks, yeah, if we don't start with Hadley Parks because of an injury, and Watkins starts with John Fox, yeah, part, um, Parks misses out altogether. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because he couldn't cover the wing, could he? No. Yeah, he couldn't cover the wing. So he would only be on the bench as centre cover. Although, oh no, to be fair, you could have Patchell come on at 15 and Liam Williams move to the wing. Yeah. To cover that and then him to cover the centre. Because otherwise, what's your centre cover on the bench? It's So you'd be having, you'd have half, so it'd be like today, you'd have half penny on the bench with... North to cover the centre. Yeah. yeah. Be so, cool. Yeah, they are yeah. big calls, yeah. All right, what about this Patchell point? Only being used when Bigger gets an injury, does Gatlin not trust him? Go for it. I think No, I think he does actually. He wouldn't be he wouldn't be in the squad if he didn't trust him. And I believe that today was just one of those where he needed Bigger on the pitch because there was going to be a moment towards the end of that game where I, th- I I don't think it's a question of not trusting Patchell. I think it was just a question that he needed to keep bigger on the pitch to to win it. He's he a bit of an up and down game. I thought more ups than downs. Test match animal stuff. He, he's just got that mentality to to drag us over the line. And I think players look up at him and see him there, and they trust they trust having it's him there. Reassuring presence, isn't it? Yeah, I. I wonder whether if you were going to use Patchell, though, you might have thought about bringing him on, bringing him on at fifteen and moving Liam to the wing. But just so you've got two playmakers on the field, so it gives you another option if you're looking to unlock a try late on. But realistically, anything could have happened with with forty playing against fourteen men. You would back yourself to create an overlap at some point, and therefore having North and Adams on the wing still proven finishes. I think would be would be more preferable than, than trying to bring on another another playmaker. But I don't think he doesn't trust him. Yeah, I think I think if Patchell had if Patchell started at ten today, they would have been coming down coming down that ten. Yeah, they, well, ten, you saw what Vancouver Tower did to exactly. did to bigger. Yeah, yeah, and I can see why bigger went high because he was trying to prevent the offload. But <laughs> he literally was was off his feet, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. The power and to be fair, nobody, none of us could, none of our players could stop him really. No. I think Ken Owens had a, a couple of a couple of cracking hits. Yeah, he did. He was absolutely everywhere. He was. I I didn't like seeing him inside centre throwing a massive miss pass. I've got to be honest. Yeah, that's, I know there was an advantage, so that's that's yeah, fine, and it and it was on. But God Almighty, heart in a mouth stuff. Because you just never know in that scenario, do you? But yeah, it it was the right call. But blimey, I didn't enjoy that too much. But other than that, he, he did have an outstanding game, and particularly that big push. Towards it, was Elliot on that point? I can't remember, but I don't think he was. The big, the big scrum where we put the pressure on and, and William and William yeah, the ball. Ken was still on, was it? Uh, no, I think Elliot was. Was he? Okay, we'll have to look that up. Ooh, yeah, we'll have to have a little look at that. I thought Elliot was on then, but I mean, the the the, the bench mm. bench made a difference, didn't it? I thought the front row, the front row coming on was some player, Caro, isn't he? He is. He did. He did really well. Dylan did well. Elliot, some cute scrummaging again, delaying things and winding them up. 
And Thomas Williams. I thought he was absolutely massive. He made such he an impact off the bench. Break. The break, yeah. He, he sort of span on his own feet, almost sort of went backwards, didn't he? It was like a dance. And somehow manoeuvred his way around. It was like he was in limbo, wasn't he? Sort of ducking underneath and went. And he caused, caused some issues. And gave us that go for... Actually actually managed to get us to go forward when we yeah. couldn't go forward. No, Nobody was... I, I, I honestly thought when he came on, this is the guy that we need to, to, to get us to go forward because nobody can do it for us. So... It's really interesting it because we've got brilliant. We've got two fantastic scrum halves here. Gareth Davis is having have. a great tournament. Bit more difficult today, but still the odd, the odd burst up in the line just to spook, yeah, to spook the defence enough. Defensive things, didn't he? That we would have been, it would have been try time for them if he yeah. wasn't there. I thought, I thought his box kicking was decent today as well. Got a bit of distance on it, so it was, it was a good performance. But Thomas Williams off the bench. Just added that so much, but having those two players in the in the twenty three is really really big. And Gallon's got it. The, the coaching staff have got it spot on, haven't they? The timing of bringing him on. Yeah. Because I think it's very easy to say should have come on earlier. No, I don't. I disagree. Actually, it was absolutely right the right time, and he's making those big calls, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. Gallon's, yeah, he's making them. All right, let us have a look at uh, a couple more before we move on to having a look at the other games and previewing the other semi-final. This one's from Pete Harris. Should Wainwright have come off for an HIA after the elbow? Would it have changed the outcome if he had have come off? And secondly, how stupid is Moriarty for getting the yellow card? So if we look at Wainwright then, yeah, potentially should have come off and had, a, and had an assessment because because you're a doctor now that's right you, but the, you don't always know do you just by looking at their face they don't have to be totally groggy to have yeah, it, was a, it was a big impact well, I, d- I don't know I don't think any, I don't think any of us know if there, was a, if there was any danger in that scenario I I don't think they would put a player through it and he showed no signs of it afterwards I don't know. You, you, we we can't speculate so on those things. They, no, you've just got to let the doctors there do aren't, it. There aren't signs. There aren't signs that are there. And he did take a big impact to the head. But then, with every tackle, there's impact. There's there's always hits and knees and things coming through, aren't there? So, mm. I, I maybe yeah, okay. maybe really for, for for player safety. But it's a it's it's a tough one. And what about the Moriarty point? Do you think there is oh, no, also on that yeah. point? If, on. Yeah, if, if he had gone off, mm. do I think it would have impacted the game? Yes, I really do. Yeah, well, he was deservedly man of the match. I thought he was. Um, with Moriarty, I thought it was silly. I thought it was dull. Did I you, I, well, I thought I just thought it was when you watch it in real time. There's a break. He's just got to go, and he's flung everything at him, and he's caught him with a bit of a swinging arm. The thing is, if he, it, if he got his arm to him, he could have gone lower, and you just think he can't. Re- if there's a player on our side that's gonna that's gonna make a high tackle, yeah. you put you put your house on it being Moriarty at the moment, mm. wouldn't you? I just think he, especially now if he is going to be starting as well, he got to get it lower mm. because he knows a wholehearted player and he gives everything. His, but he's just got to keep thinking, just just bring it down. It must be very very difficult because in the heat of the moment, you just you just want to get hold of them in any which way, don't you? But it's it's oh, yeah. Please go lower. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I see that one slightly differently. I just thought it was a, such a split second thing that you just thought I've got to get him. And it yeah. Th- there was there was definitely no malice in it. But it's you know that's you can't, you can't have you. I suppose you've got to expect a little bit of stick because the stakes are so high now. So. Okay, let us deal with this one. Uh, so Richard Needs also tweeted us in, said we'll be underdogs for the semi-final. We've, I think we kind of covered covered that. Can Wales win a semi-final without an attack? That one's from Gary Mason. Without an attack? Yeah. Do you know what? I th- I've said this before. I think you can. I think it's been a little bit hard. I know it didn't It didn't look particularly, particularly uh, what's the word, dangerous today. But yes, I think you can. We almost beat South Africa in the quarterfinals four years ago with a lot of back football and I was there on that day and the try that was created was a bigger up and under. He caught the kick, offloaded it to Gareth Davis and he scored. So we, we are still scoring try. You know, I know the Wainwright one was... They're both opportunistic, but... Yeah, I would say you we can, can against South Africa. Yeah. 
if it's New Zealand, yeah, yeah different story. without an attack, then no. Yeah. They, they're another level at the moment, aren't they? But against South Africa, yeah. So you think the game could be tight enough that it could come down to penalties, but against New Zealand it couldn't? At the moment, yeah. You'd, have, you'd have to say that. All right. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much brings us to a conclusion with regards to listeners' questions. Let's have a look at those other games, the, the other semi-final to look ahead to, England versus New Zealand. Both sides looked pr- well, very convincing in, in their respective quarterfinals. Which way do you see it going? I can't see New Zealand losing it. England are playing well. But I just can't see New Zealand losing that, that match. I'm just, one I'm really looking forward to. Mm. It's going to be a hell of a game, isn't it? And England are just going to have to... They're going to go for it up front, aren't they? But New Zealand... New Zealand will know what they're going to do. And I think England almost need to do the opposite of what New Zealand think they're going to do, which mm. is that power-based game. I think they need to run it. I think they need to to open them up and really stretch them all over the park. Can you run? Can you run it with Farrell at ten? I'm, I'm a big Ford fan. I th- he's playing brilliantly. Mm. He's the the informed ten, isn't he in the, in the World Cup? Mm. I think he's playing well. And then, no, no, not having that. Pollard, no. Pollard over him. I would have Mwanga over him. This World Cup, though? Yeah. I think Ford's played very, very well. I think he has, but they've left and him out of the big game. He doesn't trust him. It, he does not trust yeah, him. He does, yeah, he does. It, and I, he's, he's wonderful in attack on front football. He gets a lot of that because he plays 10 for England. I think Farrell is the does, test match animal. He does with front football, but any, any, any 10 that doesn't have front football is under the cosh. Mm. I, I just think England need to, need to go for it. And they can cause sides. They're, they're a dangerous side. Yeah, they are. In, a, I, in attack, they, they. I was impressed with them. I was definitely yeah. impressed and with them. Now they've got that back row as well. That's that. That is the area the, in particular. Yeah, the, the the two boys, the six and seven. You know, Sam Sam Underhill. We know is great, and you know the other boy, Curry. Curry, the most <laughs> English. But you're getting like looking. you're getting like jiffy. You are. Yeah, the, the other guy. Curry is quality. Is they they both, good. I think they both are. I really think Underhill's an, an unsung hero in that back row. He is, yeah. It says something about how well those flankers played because if you're in a back row with Billy Vanapola and you're still in the headlines, you've got to be playing very well. I think that I think those two players are super. But those two do all the work, don't they? Billy, of course they do. Billy takes the, you know, takes the limelight with the. the but big, it's the, the but look, back, back rows are all about balance. Now you need tackling in there. Both the flankers do that, and Billy does it. You need ball carrying in there, and Underhill offers that that kind of good no nonsense ball carrying curry gives you a bit more a bit more footwork and a bit of pace that pace and athleticism and we all know what billy can do and when it comes can, to and curry can yeah. carry as well can't he? he's a big big unit and we know what billy can do billy with can his do, yeah. with his but and then you need you need fetches in there which they have not had for a very long time really england they haven't had a settled out and out fetcher I don't know I can't, I can't think you know it's a frightening six and seven combo when you it's think brilliant. Of, they're both fetchers they're both yeah, turnover you, specialists you you know Eddie Jones calls them the kamikaze twins that's exactly right they're they're in everywhere heads in where you don't want it to go they, they're footballers as well they're so they they'll cause any side mm. real trouble and they're both fit at the moment so England can really go out and attack this but I think if they go if they if they try to if they try too much to concentrate on what New Zealand they're going to bring, mm. I think that's where they're actually coming stuck. And I would roll the dice and go with forward at 10. Okay, interesting. Now, I I think that they've got to be more conservative. I think you've got to go Farrell at, Farrell at 10. It's, I mean, it's been strange selection-wise from Eddie Jones because had he started Slade in any game before that? I know, he'd had, I know he'd had injury concerns, but I'm not sure whether he'd actually started any game there. Well, he's, he certainly hadn't started him in the big he games, hadn't started he? that. He hadn't started Ford. that back line. Yeah, that back line. So, Farrell, Tuolangi, and yeah, but he knew he knew he was always going to he was always going to do that in in this game, and he worries about Ford's defence, doesn't he? He know, knew that the Australian centres were going to come come hurtling down there. Yeah, but New Zealand, and, and that's why you won't pick him because New Zealand will do the same. I'm I'm convinced of it. They will be able to target him. Will, but correct, and just get. 
they'll get easy they'll get easy yards and it's not just the centers you send you send the back row forwards into his channel you see you bring players off the wing to do the same and that that actually i think is one area where where england are a bit weaker is is defensively they leaked a couple of tries australia made lots of clean line breaks in that first half and didn't capitalize on them new zealand if they do make those breaks will yeah and daily at fullback doesn't look right daily He's a he's a wonderful he's a footballer, weakness. but he's a winger. He's a weakness, isn't he, at fullback? I think he so. He makes he makes errors. The, the, there was a really weird twenty minutes, wasn't it? In that, mm. that first twenty, because Australia were all over them. They were all perhaps. over them, yeah. And sudden, but two tries down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, how is this happening? Uh, by the way, I was I was watching that game, so I start. I was on the bike, obviously. Pulled over for a coffee in Kingston, mm. a nice americano, and. I had the choice of, of sitting outside, grabbing a coffee from the place opposite, or going into O'Neill's. Mm. And O'Neill's was, was packed. And the English fans were, were cheering every single hit, turn over anything. And I, I just thought, no, I'm, mm. gonna, I'm gonna have my coffee from over here. And I sat outside and watched the game. It was, it was quite chilly as well. Yeah. And I stayed there and watched the game outside. Well, yeah, I did that in, exactly in, the same. In the, in the peace and quiet. I watched it. I watched it at home. I can't watch it. I can't watch England games in pubs. It's not not big games like that where I'm desperate for them to lose. But partisanship aside, I had I'd potentially been one of those who thought I'm not overly sold just yet. I'm I'm edging towards the fact that I think they're the, they're the real deal. But can they beat New Zealand? No, I don't think they can. I think the other side of the draw, can they beat South Africa? Yes. Can they beat Wales on, on yesterday's performance? Definitely. Uh, today's performance, sorry. But, you know, they, the games aren't won on, but it's not like, oh, we're amazing against Australia, therefore we're definitely going to guarantee to be amazing in That's the, the semi-finals. But New Zealand are the most consistent side. They're the best side in the world. And I do think they can take it to another level. So, Any weaknesses with New Zealand? Blimey. Uh, well, not I've seen. Toughest question of the day. <laughs> yeah, not really. I don't think so. Just when you play ball, you know, with ball handling skills like that, I suppose the, the danger is that, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen any noticeable weakness, to be honest. No. All, all round package. So I think I think they will win it and put their place in the final and, and are very much favourites for it. It's a real game to look forward to that though, isn't it? England, New Zealand next week. It is, yeah. A really big one to look forward to. We should say at this stage that Japan bow out I mean we'll actually let's finish on Japan let's have a quick look at the other losing sides this weekend so France we, I think we've covered in in enough detail mm-hmm. Ireland just a year too yeah, the World Cup came a year too late for them didn't it yeah it did they they were comprehensively beaten weren't they by a far superior side yeah. and looking at it you wonder whether it's difficult to see any side really stopping them the way in which they they played. But Ireland were poor. But also, you have to be you have to top that pool. If you if you have any desire to win a World Cup, realistically, you've got to top your pool. But certainly, if your pool is, with all due respect to to Japan and Scotland, if you're a side who's who's topped the rankings and has beaten New Zealand twice in in three years, then really you've you've got to put. Japan to bed, as brilliant as and as wonderful and refreshing as they have been. Yeah, the signs were there. Fair. The, the, mi- the minute they the minute they lost to Japan, I thought yeah. that this side isn't going to win and it. That probably got into their heads. It's a, sh- it's, a, it's a shame, really, because best that was the end. That was the final game for him. I quite liked the, some of the moments with his family. Yeah, that was there. a nice touch. And the crowd as well. Cause it and Joe Schmidt's a good guy, right? Yeah. yeah, and Joe Schmidt as well. Always speaks really well. You know, people have good good things to say about him, and that that was not. It was not the way it would have ended it because they were. It was almost like they weren't. They didn't put up a. They didn't put up a good mm. show, did they? Is that it for you know Sexton and Carney and a few of the a few of these other players too? Do you start looking to rebuild and trying to mould a side around Carberry and Lama and these yeah, these type really of players? Good, they, they got, got some, amazing they players. Got some really good players, I think. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Start to start to look to the future. It's hard to. Imagine a side without, well, particularly without Sexton, but they're going to have to start looking at that because the tens that come in aren't anywhere near 
Well, he's not going to be there in four years' time, is he? So not, you no. may as well look to look to build it now. They've been very reliant, and I understand it because Sexton has been. I, there's, there's been a lot of stick knocking around for him, and I didn't. He's not had a particularly good tournament. He's not had a particularly good season. But Johnny Sexton at his best is an outstanding fly half. He's world class. He will go down as an island great. Brilliant. I think he, he's the best fly half I've seen wearing an island shirt in my lifetime, without shadow of a doubt. And the performances he put in for the Lions on two tours, the that Heineken Cup final where he. he whatever that was, 2011, where they, they came out after the break and just put Northampton to the sword. It's a big thing for you to say, actually, because I know you're a big Eric Elwood fan, aren't you? <laughs> I love, yeah. I, see, I miss that island side. I miss that that kind of island side, you know. We all do, I think. Elwood, and yeah. But, you know, they... Oh, he's wonderful, brilliant player, isn't he? Yeah, he was. And, uh, yeah, I say he was because I, I do think that it's, you know, it was just a, a stretch too far for him to, to reach those heights. And we've said before, that side has Sexton as the the absolute epicentre of it. Everything runs through him. And they've, they've got to move on and, and try and find that somewhere with having him, having him on the bench and sort of starting, at, starting one of the, the inexperienced guys to, to sort of still having him involved in the setter, mm. but knowing that one of the other tens was actually going to start and get the nod consistently as opposed to a few, a few errors, yeah. a few moments of inconsistency, and then switching over to... To Sexton, who, if he makes errors, he still gets the shirt again. I think a lot he, of it's yeah. psychological. I, th- I think he'll, I think he'll go into coaching, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him involved with the Ireland national side as an attack coach at some stage, just because he's been so important, and you've seen people like Ogara do the same thing. So I would not be surprised for that to be the case. Let's just finish on Japan because I did want to uh, get a quick word in about them. I say finish. I've forgotten about Australia. Check has gone today. Had to. Had to happen, yeah. Didn't look right. We said when we beat them, it didn't look like everything was rosy in that camp. They'd had a turbulent four years and had kind of pulled their form together in the last six to 12 months. They're a frustrating side, aren't they? Because they've got some amazing players. And you just think if they were really well coached, they'd they'd be a real match. And they kind of... I think they kind of lose games themselves mm. by throwing the ball around, playing in areas where they don't need to. Just silly, silly things. And a lot of that's coming down from, from, from the top, I would mm. say. Of, of They need a coach who's right at the top of their game. As much as I enjoy watching Australia lose, I think world rugby needs a good Australia side in there. They're just... It may, when, they play, when they play good rugby... The natural Australian way is a very, very exciting brand of rugby to watch, and they'll they'll come back again. Yeah, the, the game has been in trouble. There's a lot of competition for sports in Australia. You've got cricket, you've got yeah, rugby league, you've got ARL. It's it, third or fourth. oh, it, it can drop down to fourth or fifth, really. And amazing, really. Yeah, and I do. I it would be sad, I think, to watch a, an Australian side so much in the doldrums. What I want is a decent Australian side that we can beat. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'd be looking for. Right, last, I promise we are going to finish on Japan now. How impressed have you been with them throughout the tournament? Was that just a step too far today? It was a step too far today, I think, wasn't it? They Great first half. They, it was a really impressive first half from them, despite South Africa blowing a lot of chances. Mm. They were quick with the ball, weren't they? And found myself watching it thinking if this was against us and they were bringing that speed I don't think we could live with it no, we, but, but then a lot of sides haven't been able to it, it's impressive how, how how they played absolutely Wales' first half today against Japan's first half today and I think they would have been out of sight really yeah. they were they were fantastic and South Africa's scramble defence was really good they've been a breath of fresh air I think we just have to get to a position where we've said this before where these nations are playing tier one opposition on a regular basis. I think you have a legitimate argument, both morally and commercially, to create an expanded rugby nations championship with Japan as a fifth side in there and either Fiji or a combined Pacific Island side in there as a as a sixth. And that would be a great, that would be a great tournament. They're they're just so they're just so good to watch that I I think we have, we have a, a duty if if World Rugby is serious about growing the game then 
then hopefully, well, it's, it's not even World Rugby, is it? It, it would be the uh, Zanzar or whatever they're mm. called now, the, the organising committee. But we just have to see them playing against top opposition on a regular basis. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel that the actual tier one sides can take can take a fair bit out of the way in which Japan caused 100%. trouble to sides because we saw them play a, their phase play, their offloading game. It was it was quite structured, but in a way that we've haven't really seen the game played. So they've it was structured, but the the inside balls. The but they knew, what I mean is they they knew when I say structured, they knew how they wanted to play. Yeah, and they, oh, yeah. and they were able to do it, which is really impressive. So I think there's things that we that the the, the, the tier the so called tier one sides can learn from that actually. So how that's a massive thing to say, isn't it? Oh, it is, and yeah, hundred percent would agree with that. The other thing is that Jamie Joseph's got to take a massive amount of credit. I don't know where he ends up. I don't know what his contract situation is, but well, he's, he's going to be a one-to-man. Phone, his phone's going to be uh, ring ringing. Absolutely. Right. Lastly, then looking ahead to next week, I've I've already nailed my colours to the master. Said it's going to be the, our best performance, but ultimately a defeat. What do you think is going to happen in that semi-final? I think that's the game. That's the game we're gonna we're gonna bring the game that we all want to see, mm-hmm. and for because of that, Wales win. Wales win. Wales New Zealand final. Wales New Zealand final. Lovely stuff. Let's hope that is the case. And whatever happens, we'll be back next week to bring you all of the yeah all the reactions to that. Who knows? Maybe we'll even get a bonus podcast out in the middle of the week too. And if you don't already, make sure you subscribe because then when we do throw out these additional. These additional podcasts, they will you'll get an alert straight away on your phone. So subscribe on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, thanks again to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades, and we will be back to bring rugby chats to you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.